Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. I'm your host, Dre Harrison, and with me as ever is Charlie Williams. Say hi, Charlie. Hello. Normally, this is Hot Takes Wednesday, but we've got a very special guest with us on this edition of the show, and it's only F1 broadcasting legend, Mr. Martin Brundle. Hello, Martin. How are you? Doing very well. How are you, sir? Yeah, very good. We're here at Sky doing all sorts of things today, pre-season. Oh, yeah. Excited for the season to get underway? Very. Yeah, I always, I think it's my 40th year in Formula One, so I'm looking, and whenever I get back to the paddock, I think, ah, I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) Second home. feels great. Brilliant. Can't wait. So, on Hot Takes Wednesday, we got the fans of us on YouTube to send in some pretty outrageous statements regarding Formula One, some, we call them hot takes over here, and we wanted to give them to you and see if you either strongly agreed or disagreed with them. So, one being you strongly disagree, five being that you strongly agree. Okay? Very good. Sweet. So, let's get into it. Straight up, first take from number one it's from paisley 8 f one on twitter oscar piastri will outperform lando this year and replace checo at red bull for next year so it's a bold one oscar piastri to obviously excel at mclaren to the point where maybe red bull goes sniffing so what do you think of that one and, and the driver market in general just this year he's going to do that is it that's what it's saying and in, in this yeah i'm going to give that a one strongly disagree <laughs> um i think oscar's top draw he's clearly um a star of the future his 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 junior racing um you know speaks volumes but you don't know how people are going to perform until they get in the spotlight and some some drivers grow in the light and the heat and others wilt um and it and we'll see how he how he gets going i don't think the mclaren's going to be fully on song for a while by the looks of it and lando is absolutely world class so if oscar can hang on to his gearbox this year i think that would be a that would be a good effort yeah, I mean, hope you weren't too upset, Charlie, the fact that they're, you know, they're quite down on McLaren. Yeah, I'm a McLaren fan. So, um, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> so, put um, Oscar aside, do you think it's like a make or break year for Checo, though, on the other side of that question? I think Checo is the perfect foil to Max in that team. And I, th- I think commercially it makes a lot of sense for the team as well, obviously, with any Mexican sponsorship. And, and the one thing ab- about Checo Perez about Sergio is that he's old enough and wise enough and confident enough to not get phased by Max Verstappen on the other side of the garage unlike Alex and Pierre and all all the people who struggle with Max's sheer speed and I can relate to that because I was teammates with Michael Schumacher and Mika Hakkinen. (laughs) Pretty good drivers. Yeah and when you've got them the other side of the garage you're seeing their data it's like how did they do that and not fly off the racetrack so um, yeah I, I I don't think it's make or break for for Sergio, um, but uh, he's. I mean, look, last year he won Monaco. I mean, that victory in Singapore. Any driver in the history of Formula One would love on their CV. Yeah. Extraordinary drive. drive. So, um, I don't actually like. I don't. I, I, I don't like judging any drivers until they've been in Formula One, and I don't like dismissing drivers too easily either. Generally speaking, because. It's very hard to become a Formula One driver. It's even harder to stay there and then get the success of somebody like Checo. So I wouldn't be too dismissive of him. Yeah, especially after 10 plus years in, in the midfield and then finally getting that top tier opportunity at Red Bull. I mean, that was very hard earned, I think you'd say. Yeah. I think he's earned his crust, you know? Exactly. And the team quite like having a, effectively a a number one and a number 1.5 driver, yeah. which is which is what I think. Probably a bit easier to manage, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. 
Okay, this is a fun one. Hot take number two from Formida Nerds, uh, Formida underscore Nerds on Twitter. Shout out to you guys. Um, saying any new potential teams are being priced out of joining F1. It can't be good for the long term future of the sport. Now, I think this is pretty clear the angle that the, the Andretti news and the possibility of them trying to get in. What do you reckon of that? So I've got to give that a score. I'm going to give that four out of five. I agree five. with that. Um, I was thinking three, but I'll go four. Um, I think we could do with more cars, more stories, more drivers, more team principals, more team personnel on the grid. Logistically, it's not that easy. You know, some some pit lanes we go to, the thought of fitting another couple of teams in is not that, <laughs> not that easy. And you've you got to remember the, the sheer logistics. It's very easy to go like, let's get 26 cars on the grid. Yeah, <laughs> where are you going to put them all? So um, I think the show needs that uh, to be even better. Don't, don't, don't mean, I don't mean the show's not good enough as it is, but I can see the team's point of view. They're like, whoa, whoa, hang on. Hang on. We've been here. We've invested. We've been here through before cost cap. We've poured hundreds of millions into this or even billions if you're some of the manufacturers with their R&D and this and that. So you can't just come and while, while the Formula One is flying along as it is at the moment, you can't just come and join the party free of charge. You're going to have to pay the price to come in and to our somewhat exclusive club that we've helped build and we've invested in so get that completely so there ought to be a number that's acceptable but at, at the same time with what liberty have done with drive to survive and the way formula one is at the moment the team's franchise values have gone up not least with cost cap the teams didn't really make all that happen. They would, they're so hardwired to think only of themselves, and I, I admire them for that. You can't blame that. That's why they do the job they do in teams. But you need to, um, yeah, there needs to be some middle ground there somewhere. And if we've got some credible teams coming into F1, it's not five minutes ago we were really worried about, 100%. really worried about, you know, teams leaving. Yeah. Uh, leaving F1, but and I, I did a, an interview on the new Braun documentary the other day about 2009, and then at the end of 2008 we lost Honda and therefore um, what was it called Superguri. Superguri, yeah. yeah. Then BMW pulled out of South, yeah. but then Toyota pulled out the yeah. following year. So yeah. and Braun only just kept going, didn't they, as well, which to become Mercedes, of course. So yeah. you know. You, you must remember a dozen years ago when it was all falling apart. So we shouldn't get we shouldn't get too confident. Long answer to a short question, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's perfect. Could, <laughs> yeah, we, we couldn't ask it better. I mean, I, I'm right with you on that. I, as a fan, I, I, I'd clearly be a four on that 100% because I, having more than 10 teams certainly doesn't hurt. I think, you know, more stories, more drivers, more people you care about is always a plus. Than how you yeah, feel about that yeah I'm the same. Yeah, definitely more teams. I think it's just needed, like you say, for entertainment-wise as well. Yeah. And the sort of like the spectacle side, I think it would just be much more well-rounded. Yeah, if we could have a, another couple of Gunter Steiners, uh, you know, on the pit wall <laughs> and, a, and some, you know, some characters driving the cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, take number three, coming up from uh, Nate Asp V10 on Twitter. He asks, Valtteri could have beaten Hamilton every race, but he let him win because he's the most humble driver on the grid. <laughs> um, must, be, must be a big Valtteri fan. That's uh, how I'd probably pin that, Martin. I, I think we're going down the lower end of the scale in this one. What do you think? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have I got a zero? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably with you on that um, one. 
I mean, what, what, what have you made of Valtteri now he's left that Mercedes environment as a, as a follow-up to that? Because obviously he's now Alfa Romeo, and I think he's very chill. I think he's mellowed out a fair bit. I mean, you know him a bit more than we do in the paddock, but it seems like he's very much mellowed out now. He's in a smaller team, maybe less expectations. Is that a plus, you think? Yeah, I think he's driving with freedom, with happiness, with, um, you know, he's got a girlfriend. You can tell he's super happy. Oh, yeah. And he just looks a more relaxed cat, and he's like cracking jokes and things like that, yeah. isn't he? And and mullet haircuts and and uh, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are, you, <laughs> yeah. are you are you a fan of the mullet? Um, I don't talk about hair. To be <laughs> <laughs> um, Probably for the best. Yeah, yeah exactly. Same, same yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think Valtteri's doing a great job. He's finding his way there, but there's always somebody to spoil your day. Where, and I had it in F3 with this and Seda and the drivers I mentioned earlier on in F1. But, um, I, you know, Valtteri could take it to Lewis on his day, um, but he didn't have enough of those days. You know, Lewis turns up pretty much every day with his A game, like like Fernando and like some of the other megastars and, and Max. So, um, no. Uh, you know, and, he, and if you look back, even Nico beating Lewis in 2016, it was a bit of a tailwind and a little bit of for, good fortune in oh, there. So, so, you know, um, Valtteri consistently outperforming Lewis, but not wanting to beat him to just no. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a flat no. Yeah. We're very excited to announce that we formed a partnership with Grid Rival for our 2023 Fantasy F1 League. Grid Rival is the fastest growing fantasy and real money gaming platform dedicated exclusively to motorsports. The contracts format of their game is a well-balanced mix that can be enjoyed by the casual player, but can also provide the hardcore user with plenty of interesting features. We've set up a league exclusively for all of you lovely WTF1 listeners. Just click the link in our description and connect and compete with like-minded fans. Once you're in, you'll also be able to take advantage of the league's built-in chat functionality or engage with Grid Rivals founders in the quickly growing Discord community. For US users in certain states, you can also play daily games of real money on the line, a feature that will soon be available in the UK and Canada. So what are you waiting for? Join our league for a more exciting season in 2023. This is this is going to be a good one because we mentioned him a little bit earlier. This is from Special Specials Teach on Twitter. Lando Norris needs to leave McLaren to progress his career. Now, this is an interesting one. That, this is year five, I think, now for Lando at McLaren. Do you feel like he's got to leave to progress with the way McLaren are at the moment? I wouldn't. I'm not going to be very popular with some of my friends here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to that a four. Oh, okay. So unless McLaren can turn this around, certainly within the next 24 months, and show that they can do so in the next 12 months. Of course, they've got the wind tunnel coming on, on stream, yeah. but, you know, that needs to be calibrated and, and you know, rubbish in, rubbish out, you know. So got, you've got, you still got to be putting good concepts into that wind tunnel. But I think McLaren are set fair to improve, whether it's fast enough for Lewis, uh, for Lando. Um, I've got my doubts. What did, what did you make of their test? as well because obviously we just had testing and there wasn't a lot of positive headlines to take away from that really was there no it was the one car that looked a bit of a handful wasn't it the mclaren in the test but you've got to remember it's one test at one warm circuit that's got abrasive uh asphalt and rear tire limited circuit so it, it is 
let's not base everything on Bahrain because you can go off on a wild goose chase there. Um, so um, I don't think it was quite as bad at McLaren as, as it appeared. That's my understanding, talking to people who should know. But they've got a lot of work to do and they're nervous of being very much in the second half of the field for the first few races. I entirely agree. I think I would probably even put it as a five and that's that's really upsetting because oh. I'm a Lando fan as well as a McLaren fan. Um, yeah. But I did an opinion piece on this actually and I said the same thing. I think he needs to leave. I don't know where, um, but I'd like to see him at Mercedes when Lewis eventually retires. Um, everyone seems to think Red Bull. So it's quite interesting that, that take earlier with Oscar Piastri going, I actually think it could be the other way around mm. and it would be Lando going to Red Bull. But Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. So do you think they should have let Daniel Ricciardo go? Oh, <laughs> that's putting me on But I, part of me, now that I've seen over, like the performance over testing and Zach Brown's been very honest with that they haven't met their targets and things, um, part of me thinks maybe for the sake of everybody involved at McLaren, for the sake of Daniel, for not upsetting a lot of people, they probably could have just kept him in that car now for an extra year, waited until his contract ended and then seen what happened. Um, because I feel like they've been put on the back foot a little bit. And uh, they've, they've received quite a bit of hate, it's better to say. Yeah, by just getting rid of him, I think it was a bit harsh. But I drove for McLaren, that's why I, I like the McLaren. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I like all the together. teams, but um, <laughs> I do have a soft spot for McLaren. Well, a lot um, of people do, I think. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I don't like to see them struggling and, at all. Or, or Williams, or any of them. I don't want to see any of them struggling. No. But when they lose their mojo. But it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because, like, I don't know, look at Liverpool at the moment, for example, <laughs> or, or a team, yeah. yeah, just a slight change yeah. in a team, one way or the other, they suddenly take off or they fall apart and you think, oh, the basic ingredients are all there, it just the souffle wouldn't rise. Yeah. Exactly. Um, could, you, could you see him at Red Bull real quick before along, alongside Max? Maybe in a couple of years' time? I don't know how to make a souffle, by the way, so I'm, <laughs> I'm just realising I'm talking, talking about something I have no idea about. But, um, could I see Lando? Well, if you're going to leave McLaren, you've got to go to Ferrari, yeah, Red Bull, go up, yeah. or Mercedes, haven't yeah. you? So, um, but he's got, you know, he's got a contract. So I can't. Uh, I, I, sometimes there are performance clauses in contracts, but they're really, they're really hard mm. to write. They're really hard to write and use. Right, last take in the in the pile. It's from MV1 Supremacy. I, I think they're a Sergio Perez fan. They've uh, given us a take of Fernando Alonso for the world title. <laughs> uh, must be must which be, one uh, <laughs> <laughs> this year? No, that's too much of an ask. I'm going to give that a one. Um, I think he could steal a race or two if there's a a race to be stolen, a la Gasly or Ocon or Ricardo in uh, Monza, of course. Um, um, he'll be there or he'll, he'll be driving the wheels off it somewhere and, and if he sees a glimmer of a of a chance. But um, that's too much to ask for, I think, for Aston Martin to have turned it around that much, to be championship contenders. So what do you think they need to realistically do to challenge at the top? So it's, it's people, basically. I mean, budgets are pretty much controlled now. So they've got their new factories. It's really massive job and they're handling it better than I thought they would. Yeah. But to build a new factory, move into a new factory and keep racing in what's going to be the longest season in the history of Formula One, developing your car, your resource gets spread out. So 
Um, if they can just somehow keep it all in balance as they transition into the new facilities and wind tunnels and what have you, then they'll have done incredibly well. But the thought of that kind of turmoil is too strong a word, but you know that kind <laughs> of challenge that they've got going on at the moment and to then take the fight to Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes is, uh, is a tall order. That's the end of our takes from our lovely YouTube fans out there. But we've got a couple of questions we wanted to get to Martin as well. Charlie, you had one you wanted to uh, pass along. I did. Do you think Formula One is moving more in the direction of sports entertainment or is it still all about the racing? Or is that, you know, can they both coexist? I think they can coexist. So when the bottom line, because this is always this is a perennial question: Is it a business? Is it a sport? Mm. Is it entertain? Is it a show? What is it? Thing. So, it's got bottom line. It's got to entertain, because if there are no fans, it's eyeballs watching wh whichever way you you take in your Formula One. Then, if there are no fans, there are no manufacturers, no sponsors, no circuits, no television channels or digital channels to cover it. So. It has to be entertaining um, as the absolute bottom line. And then um, it has to be a viable business, otherwise it will fall over. Um, and it has to, I think it has to be able to justify itself in the world, either with sustainable fuels or with, uh, you know, with technology that transfers and, and electrical power that transfers to road cars or whatever. You need a mix of all of that. But if it's not entertaining and people are not watching it, the whole thing falls over. Yeah. My question was to you was, well, it's hard not to ignore Red Bull, you know, top of the sport right now, reigning double champs. By all accounts, a pretty excellent test in Bahrain, a lot of thumbs up in that direction. How do you think the cost cap penalty that they, they've suffered from the back end of last season, how do you think that's going to affect them? Because it's, I know Christian Horn has made a big stink about it, um, losing that wind tunnel time. Um, how do you think it's going to hit them down the road? Well, I just spent four days with Adrian Newey. We were riding motorbikes oh, in, yeah. in the hills in uh, <laughs> down in near Portimao, actually, down in the south uh, south of Portugal. Um, obviously, can't say things he would he might have um, shared with me, but uh, <laughs> and, he, and we certainly didn't talk about this topic. That would be, uh, <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, I'm a, a sore subject. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, aren't I? So, um, I think if they have a really good car that they just have to tickle through the season and they can then I don't think it'll impact them much, to be honest. If they if Ferrari and Mercedes just keep marching on and bringing really cracking updates, then you might see them floundering a little bit in terms of they're just slightly limited on their resource. Will it have an impact on next year's on the twenty twenty four car possibly? But um, I think unless they turned up with a bit of a with a car that's not quite on the pace, shall we call it, um, which doesn't appear to be the, the case. Well, they, look, they look all right. <laughs> they look all right. So all they've got to do is finesse it. So therefore, I think they'll I think they'll be all right. And, you know, they'll have to do a little bit like Force India used to do. Mm. You know, do you remember when Force India used to sort of like wait for an update? Yeah. They hadn't got any money much, so it had to be right. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they didn't just throw bits on that because they couldn't afford to. And I think Red Bull can afford anything they want, but... If, if they're limited on their resource, then it's um, it's more of a challenge. So I don't think it'll make a big impact. I, th I think there's going to be a lot of fans watching that might be a little disappointed by that response because <laughs> I think we obviously we all want a, a massively competitive season, but Red Bull do look pretty strong, don't they? They do. I'll tell you what will be a big story is if 
one or more teams breach the 2022 cost cap. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, that that'll be interesting. Story. Very much indeed. But that's just about all we've got time for for this edition of the Hot Takes Wednesday. Massive thanks to, for Martin for coming on for us. Thanks to everyone who's sending your takes on social media as well. Stay, stay around. Please subscribe to the WTF1 channel for plenty more content on the run-up to Bahrain. Thanks for watching. <laughs>